Welcome to Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. As always, I'll be your host, Lee Greenwood, and I'd like to say welcome to this episode. This week is quite exciting for me. I'm back on the road, flying around doing assessments again. Um, some borders are opened in Australia, so I'm flying around. I actually bought my mobile podcasting station with me, got it set up, so I'm able to do a couple of uh, episodes while I'm uh, traveling around, which is pretty exciting. This week, uh, going to have a chat about rope access standards and some standards that the rope access equipment follows. Um, main area we're going to look at is the European standards, so the EN standards on a lot of the devices that are coming out of Europe. Does anybody really know what standard things need to comply to and what they actually mean? The standard we're going to have a look at today is the EN 12841, which is the industrial rope access standard. It comes in three different parts, part A, part B and part C. And each of those parts is talking about different types of devices. So part A is, for basic terms, uh, backup devices. So ASAPs, STEC ducts, that type of stuff. And part B is rope grabs. So you've got your hand ascenders, your chest ascenders, and then part C is your descending devices. So they're the three that we sort of look at. I will mention a couple of other European standards, the main one being EN567, which is our mountaineering standard. But where that comes into play is with your hand ascender. So if you're using a Petzl Ascension, for example, that's actually uh, tested to EN12841 Part B and en uh, five six seven, which are two tests that they're done, but I just want to have a chat about the difference between those tests. Another device that used to be tested to en five six seven is the wonderful Petzl shunt, um, and so we'll have a bit of a chat about that and why we could and why we couldn't use that and what the difference is between the backup device test and the um, and the mountaineering test. Well, that seemed to get pretty heavy pretty quick, didn't it? Lots of numbers and things, so I'm going to try and keep it as light as possible, but hopefully you guys will learn something about the standards and where I think standards sit in in relation to us working. I'm sure you've all been on site and somebody says, can you use that device according to whatever standard it is, uh, EN, or whatever the standard may be, and oh, if you're not, or the lawyers are going to turn up, you're going to have to answer to the coroner's court and all of these sort of discussions happen. Um, I don't believe that standards should be leading the way. I think as an industry, we lead the way and standards tries really hard to keep up with us, making sure we're using gear um, within those standards because the standards are very specific to how they're used. So let's have a look at the uh, the descender standard to start with. So this is uh, part C. In that standard, the uh, device... Um, is tested that it can hold the load and it can lock off on the ropes and all of that type of stuff. One of the interesting bits about this is that the uh, the descender must be used with a Type A device, is what it says in the standard. So basically that's telling me that if I'm following the standard to the letter, this is my interpretation, that I must use a descender with a backup being a ASAP, uh, Dakar, any of those type of devices. But what about if I'm halfway down 
a building. I've got a load of rope above me and I'm concerned the amount of stretch in my backup rope. And I decide to jump onto two descenders to get all of that stretch out. So if I have a mainline failure, I'm not going to fall anywhere. My weight's just going to go onto the secondary rope. So I've got the secondary system. So does that mean I'm now working outside of the European standard? Or is industry leading the way saying, actually, this is a safer way for me to work, even though the standard says that I need to have a backup device? I'd rather be on two descenders personally um, in that situation rather than saying I must follow the standard. And this is where I think as an industry we we innovate, we come up with new ways of doing things and then standards tries really hard to keep up with what we're doing and how we're doing it. Obviously we need the devices to be tested to various standards but that's my take on that bit. So now let's have a look at the uh, Type A. So this is your uh, backup devices. In that test, uh, the device needs to be able to withstand a 15 kilonewton force um, for a certain amount of time. I'm not an expert on all these standards by any means, but this is my reading of it. And the part B being for hand ascenders and chest ascenders, etc. Uh, that needs to be able to withstand a force of 4 kilonewtons. So pretty big difference there. Type A, 15 kilonewtons. Type B, 4 kilonewtons. Being one of the reasons, I'm guessing, why we don't use a tooth device as a backup device um, because it doesn't need to be able to take the type of forces that we may potentially put on it. Um, and that's where the uh, the Petzl shunt comes in. You know, that was tested to um, EN567 back in the day. It's not anymore, but it was tested to that standard, and that was a, uh, a static test. So there was no dynamic force put onto it. There was a load weight uh, hung off of it. And whereas the Type A, um, European Tester Type A one, um, 12841 Part A, that has a dynamic test and it needs to withstand a force of uh, 15 kilonewtons. So that's one of the reasons why the, uh, the shunt can't be used. It doesn't conform to the correct standard. And as I said, the Petzl shunt, the new one that's come out, isn't actually tested to the EM567 standard anymore. So there's been a bit of a change there. So I think uh, coming back to my original point at the start, what standard do we uh, comply to? Well, the devices are tested to the various standards required, the A, B and C in EN12841, but we may be using them outside of what they were tested for. So it's, uh, it's always an interesting one, depending on how you're working and what you're doing. And obviously this comes into the rescue part as well. Do we do a rescue on a on a backup device with a descender or do we end up on two descenders because then we'd have both ropes weighted with uh, a technician on each rope rather than two people hanging on one rope and then having a separate backup system. So yeah, just uh, just some food for thought here. You know, didn't want to go too heavy and uh, bore you to death, but hopefully it's given you a bit of an insight into what standards we follow and how the gear is supposed to work together. If you guys haven't subscribed to the podcast, uh, it'd be great if you could. I know you guys get this uh, podcast for free, which uh, which I'm happy to do. Uh, the only payment I ask for is if you could share it with your friends. That would be amazing for me. And uh, and let them know that there's a podcast out there about Rope Access. You know, Find us on Facebook, Rope Access Tips, Tricks and Chats. Find us on uh, our website, ratac.net. Reach out to myself, Lee Greenwood. Happy to have a chat with anybody who wants to talk about any of this. But anyway, for now, 
stay safe. I'll see you soon. Cheers.